Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Friday. Hope everyone's having an amazing beginning to their Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. I know I am. I'm just, I'm so fucking ready, bitch. I'm so fucking ready, bitch. I'm so ready. I'm so happy that it's Friday. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for me. I'm happy for everyone listening. It's going to be a great day. I'm really happy for our Australian toasters because it's Saturday. Is it or is it like late Friday? The only time when it's not good to be an Australian toaster is Sunday. Yeah, but what's worse, like a Sunday night or a Monday morning? Monday morning. I don't know. Sunday. I just like to rip the Band-Aid off. I don't like the anticipation. No, I get that. But like at least Sunday night, like I'm not doing anything. I'm stressed, but I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Also, like my Sunday nights have definitely been more relaxed recently. Oh, Sunday Sunday night. night. Is that why? Probably because I can hear that song coming down from the living room where Zach is watching Sunday night football. And I feel at ease. Plus, House of the Dragon is on. Honestly, Sunday nights are like fine recently. Um, so obviously we have a lot of different stories today. I'm assuming one of them is Pepsi halftime show. Mm-hmm. Um, so TMZ just dropped an article that the Super Bowl LVII is hinting at Taylor Swift performing at halftime. They dropped a major hint, which was, I'll just send it to you so we can include it. Yeah, in our yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about it. It's in our chat. Great. That, I mean, I would simply pass away. Like, I mean, we all know. She's like the most obvious person who hasn't done it yet. And it's because of her contract with Diet Coke from 100 years ago. It's a Pepsi halftime show. She had like a non-exclusive, non-compete for many years. I do think it recently expired because it's been like a really long time since Homegirl was doing those Diet Coke commercials. Um, but now Apple being the sponsor, no no issues. It's anyone's game. Literally. Literally. Um, Just kind of continuing the sports talk that's kind of been the thread throughout this week. I think it's important that we um, discuss something I found out with that the San Diego Chargers that are not charging on the iPad. um, They're actually the Los Angeles Chargers now, which makes no motherfucking sense. It's not going to work for me. That's the problem because Los Angeles just got a team, the Rams, Mm -hmm. and they're firing in all cylinders, winning Super Bowls. Like you don't need another team when you just got one and it's working really well. Yeah, and I don't have the same affinity for the Los Angeles Chargers because the Los Angeles Chargers didn't san- sign Manti Teo. The San Diego Chargers that are not charging on the iPad did. Yeah, and I just feel like I've never been to San Diego, but I feel like I would really like it. I've heard amazing things. 
and would. I want to root for them. And I'm already like a semi Rams fan because they won. And that's the Super San Bowl. Diego is where Chris Jenner's from, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm pretty sure. I just, I think things were good as they were, and this is unnecessary. I personally will still call them the San Diego Chargers because they're not charging on my iPad because I got used to your iPad instead of mine. And I really, I hope you're happy. Because I've, I've told, told mom. mom. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy if other people want to call them the LA Chargers, I won't correct you. No, no, that would be rude. Um, so today is Friday, which means yesterday, the new episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians season two, season premiere dropped we both watched it we're gonna do a little tv recap and i also finally i watched in full the five episodes of tell me lies i'm actually really glad i didn't read the book because now i'm just like enjoying a new tv show without analyzing every fucking second of it 100 percent. and apparently it's so different from the book that if you had read the book and you liked it you wouldn't like the tv show but it, it is an objectively good tv show i just feel like i've read books like tell me lies and i just did not picture steven to be like that like in the in the first episode when they're like don't get back into it with Steven oh Steven Steven so you're like flashbacks like these sexy scenes of Steven and then he shows up at the engagement party like looking gross and I'm like this is Steven you're so and then, focused on looks it didn't even, I'm so shallow it didn't even occur to me when I saw Steven that I was like looking for a hunky man and he wasn't hunky enough the only no. the only commentary I have on Steven's looks is they obviously had to do something to make him different looking from eight years ago versus now. And so the hair. they changed his hair. I think the hair makes him look younger and that the buzzed head makes him look older and that young Steven should have that hair and older Steven should be buzzed. Okay, so maybe Jackie is unique or I'm unique, but was I the only one who was just like genuinely shocked that like that's what Steven looked like? Like not that I'm, like I, I mean I am so shallow and he's super handsome, but he kind of looks like Buster from Arrested Development. But like, who cares? I don't know, I just thought, and first of all, this girl? Oh my God, I never saw a girl so stunning in my whole life. Yeah. Like, first of all, she's giving Lily, everyone in the show, okay wait, everyone in the show looks like someone, ready? Yeah. Main girl, Lily James. Agreed. Main guy, depending on the light, Buster F Bluth from Arrested Development, or Liam Payne, he also looks like Liam Payne from One Direction. Diana, Meghan Markle. Oh my God, they literally have the same fucking voice. Yes. And wait, there was one more. Oh, uh, Pippa is Jamila Jamil. Yeah. They look exactly like, and they both have the bangs. It's like everyone in the show is like a Z-list version of an actual celebrity. It's blowing my mind. It, that is a very good point. Also, you know that the show is produced by Emma Roberts. Of course. We, we stand a fellow book club I'd love queen. to see her up there shaking that thing. But I guess, you know, Hunt. you can't be in everything. No, especially because the girl who's playing um, Lily. Lucy. Sure. She um, does not look like a college student. And like when she was like breaking up with her high school boyfriend in that first scene, I'm like, you're kidding me, right? I thought the same too. But then once she's in college and they have the, her dress the way girls would dress in like 2007 in college and her hair is very uh, like simple, I want to say, I can believe it more. Like in the present scenes, eight years forward, she does look like so current with like her beachy waves and like her vibe but I can believe all of it and you know who I think is like so cute do you think girls in France are doing beachy waves <laughs> you know who I think is so cute then mm -hmm. and now 
Wait, let me think. Bray. Yeah. Obsessed to the nth degree with Bray. Like, I know she gets a happy ending and I'm so fucking happy about it. She's so motherfucking cute. When she was dressing up a sexy vampire, I was like, oh my God, she's like actually like stunning. Yeah. Um, she's such a good friend. Pippa is the fucking boat loseriest loser who ever walked the planet. Um, and I'm just loving it. It kind of like does make me wish I went to college. Like I did go to college, but like no, you I went didn't, to NYU. I didn't. I, I, I took classes like and I lived at home. I feel bad it's that really, you didn't because. It's glamorizing the college experience, even though it's filled with like torturous like endeavors as well. Yeah. And it's really hard to like go away to a new school and they made it seem so easy to make friends. Like it's not always that easy. Could take yeah. And then you're just automatically hanging out with boys two years older than you. Like that never fucking happened. No, never. And like that guy, what what's his name? Uh, who Pippa's dating. Wrigley. Wrigley. Like they're dating day one. Like never fucking happens. Never. Like this guy wants to take you to dinner. Never happens. Lol. <laughs> Lol. But so much. But I do feel like it's really accurate um, in depicting how fucking mean boys are to girls in college. Like they're so nasty. Yeah. Like I feel like so many people I know have like literally traumatizing interactions with boys in college. Like they're so fucking rude and like heartless heartless it's so true like are you not a human being with feelings like it's crazy no and like when you're in college you just you're on the precipice of adulthood but like you're still a child in a lot of ways and I think we've talked about this before how like a college freshman is is so young compared to a college senior yeah it's like four extremely formative years and the fact that like those people are mingling every single day it's just the dynamics are so odd odd and everything is heightened and you're living in close quarters and you're all hot and it's just and the hormones are raging it's a lot it's bad it's a recipe for disaster and lily like wait what's her name i like lily better um oh because her name is lily albright no her name is lucy albright but it's giving lily aldridge that's what i'm thinking um I really, really liked her. And then, like, as the show goes on in the most recent episode, I'm like, oh, this bitch is so wrong and so spoiled and so immature. Like, she's pissing me off. Agreed. And I actually don't think that her and Steven are OTP at all. I don't ship. I don't think he's right for her. I don't think she's right for him. The fact that this goes on for eight years makes me sad because him and Diana are meant to be. Diana is everything. Diana, let me be the one to light a fire inside those eyes she's totally the one for him like he can be all that he can with her when he called her and it's like maybe potentially gonna open up when he called lucy it was like oh my mom he's like yeah my mom's worse too like your mom is fine like and you know what your mom fucking your dad's best friend while your dad was dying is like not that big of a deal like she was lonely too yeah and she's so nice to you and she doesn't even know that you're mad at her and you're just like mean to her okay also max okay like so Max is the guy in the first scene that she lives with, right? No. In the first yes. scene. Oh. Like in the future. Oh. I thought I had that thought in the fifth episode. I was they like, They keep saying he- Max. Okay, then yeah. It is. Wow. So like she meets two guys eight years ago and eight years later they're both still in her life. Like that's just unrealistic. No, and it's just stunted. No, and also, like, Max is fucking creepy. She's literally 17, freshman. And she's definitely, like, mature looking, but she's immature acting. But, like, you're going to date for eight years, like, a child you met when she was in college and, like, you and your family were running this bar? That is true. It's fucking creepy. It is. And he's like, oh, my God, you're so immature. Uh, No shit, she's a teenager. (laughs) Right, Right. but, like, she is, she is immature and 
She's but not. she gives off the vibe that she's like not like other girls her age. She's so mature. And then you actually like talk to her and she's really fucking like whiny and immature. Yeah. And she's not the one for Steven and Steven's not the one for her. No. Steven like needs a woman later, she- like Diana. Like Diana's a woman. Yeah. Lucy's a girl. I was not into Diana, but then I was like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the scene that, like, really got to me. And, like, this is what, like, boys in college do to girls. It's so sad. Like, the gaslighting. Like, she goes in and she's like, he brought condoms to the city. So, like, he's literally inviting me out here. But he could be fucking someone after I leave. Right. And the way he spins it, like, to be about money. I'm like, you're so fucking manipulative. Yep. Like, it, it's literal, like, mental illness. Like, being so fucking manipulative. Yeah. No, he's not the worst. a good guy. But he obviously has his own demons. No, of course. Oh my god, that's that. I feel like they're they're gonna give us one episode about break. I hope they go back to college next episode because it's so fucking depressing. His mom is fucking evil, yeah. like literally fucking evil. It was reminding me of Jeanette McCurdy's mom, like abusive, but not anything you can see. Like she's not physical. She's not even really verbal. She's fucking manipulative. Yeah, like and narcissistic. Yes, mm-hmm. it's literally. It was it, almost carbon copy of what Jeanette was explaining in her book. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So I'm glad you watched. And who's that actress? That's not Allison Janney, is no, it? No, it's Allison Fanny. It's it's Allison Fanny. Are you glad you watched? She's great. Oh fuck yeah, it's so good. And I'm glad I didn't read the book. Honestly, like, right? I'm I'm not feeling like I'm missing anything. Even with Luckiest Girl Alive, like I was so critical because I'm like I know I feel so personally invested in the book, and I'm like, well, it should have been this. Like, it's not an enjoyable way to like watch a TV show it's or a movie. Really not. It's stressful. It's stressful. Yeah, so I'm glad you were totally right. Great. We'll do the Kardashians recap and our official TV recap after we get through the Fast Five. Is that okay with you? Yes, let's jump right in because we've got much to discuss in the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you, try not to get emotional, Jackie. It's brought to you by Babbel. My fave. If you're like me, there's a foreign language that you regret not learning in school. It's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that's sold more than 10 million subscriptions thanks to their addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons. You can finally cross learning that new language off your list. So for whatever reason, you might want to be learning a new language, just like broaden your horizons. If you're taking a trip and you kind of want to know like the basics of the language that of the country that you're traveling to, Babbel is a really great resource. It's super accessible, super easy to get, and... It's effective. Like, learning language is low-key, like, one of the hardest things to do as an adult. Like, the fact that we used to do it in high school is so crazy. Mm -hmm. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. So you can choose from 14 different languages with Babbel, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, all the classics. If you're traveling this uh, winter... You know, it's not great to go to a country where you don't even know, like, the basics, like, right, left, up, down, you know? Check out Babbel. It's a great thing to do um, in preparation for a trip that you're planning. You can start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. And right now, you can get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash TMT. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash TMT for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Clinique Even Better Clinical Dark Spot Interrupter. If you have dark spots, it can often feel like a vicious cycle. As soon as one fades, another pops up. We'll break the cycle with the Clinique Even Better Clinical Dark Spot Interrupter. 
This powerful serum works on melanin-rich to fair skin, and it helps visibly correct dark spots, such as acne marks, while protecting from future discoloration. So 94% of people demonstrated an improvement in radiance and visible skin tone, including acne marks, in just eight weeks. You can see a 39% visible reduction in dark spots in just 12 weeks. So their damage eraser with the CL302 Brightening Complex is now more concentrated with boosted technology to deliver dramatic brightening results, but it's still gentle enough for all skin types. So if you have dark spots, you know they're literally like your cross to bear. They're so difficult to get rid of. And once you do successfully get rid of one, what's to stop another one from popping up? I'm coming off the summer, which is when I get a lot of dark spots. So I've been like really keeping on my routine with this serum from Clinique. It's oil-free, it's non-acnegenic, it's fast absorbing, and it is dermatologist developed. In just two and a half hours, it'll help quell redness from irritation that can, can trigger new visible spots and worsen existing spots. So get the even better clinical dark spot interrupter today. It's available at Clinique.com. You know, that ad just reminded me that last night, Jackie and I posted a new episode up on our Patreon, our third episode for the month of September, where we both did our nighttime skincare routines. We get a lot of skincare requests and we do like one every two years because it's always changing and do you know what I found out did you watch my my part I did I was fucking cracking up okay so I was using this like really really I think it was from was it from Clarence. I think it was oh okay so I was using this really rich Clarins um moisturizer and I was talking in the vlog about how like it's literally like the most rich cream I've ever used. Like it actually leaves a white cast on my face um, and it's like so hydrating. And the consistency, it actually is the same exact consistency as marshmallow fluff. So I was just going on and on about like this new product. They sent me in the mail for like PR and I was like so excited. Somebody leaves a comment, ready? And it made total and complete sense. The whole thing is in French. So I wasn't like, uh, when I got it, I wasn't like reading all the directions, but it said, Claudia, I hate to break it to you, but your Clarins moisturizer is actually a mask, a depuffing mask. It explains why you're looking so snatched. I use it every morning to give me my jawline back. Oh. I've been using a, a face mask as moisturizer. I don't know what's with me. Like that's the second time something like that has happened to me. Everyone knows the time I put a hair mask on my face and literally broke out in hives. Um, I don't know why I'm incapable of reading things. Okay, but the good news is it's depuffing. Oh, totally. And it actually sounds like a really good concept for a mask. Yep. And now I'm going to use it like as it should be used. Yeah, I, I think that you've been, I've been influenced. Totally. So um, as you guys know, $7.99 every month will get you access to our Patreon channel. Five extra episodes a month. We do vlogs and podcasts. Sometimes we do podcast vlogs. Um, so patreon.com slash morning toast, $8, $7.99. It's never gone up with inflation, even though it should. $7.99, five extra episodes Support your favorite girlies, get great content, join the community of amazing other Patreon members, join the Facebook group. There's really no reason not to. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Okay, are you ready for our first story? We'll just jump right in because the NFL has introduced the Apple Music Super Bowl halftime show. The NFL today announced Apple Music as the new partner for the Super Bowl halftime show. The multi-year partnership brings together the Super Bowl halftime show the most watched musical performance of the year with Apple Music, which celebrates musicians, songwriters, producers, and fans, and offers the world's best music listening experience with a catalog of wrong. blah, blah, blah. What? Okay, wrong. They don't offer the best listening experience. No. I would say Spotify does. 100%. Um, let me say a few things. I think that it's really shocking. Well, it's not shocking. The sponsorship for this 
segment is like hundreds of millions of dollars. And I just want to say like, this is really our halftime show because we are all responsible for Apple being able to afford this because we've had to buy new chargers every six months and new AirPods. So first of all, Apple, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. Second of all, um, I feel like when we predicted, we, we reported a couple, maybe a year ago that the licensing agreement with Pepsi was up soon and they probably weren't going to renegotiate it. Um, and it cost, I think maybe around like $500 million. And we were saying there are only so many companies that can afford that. And we had guessed that it was going to be the meta or maybe even the Uber. Or the crypto. I I feel like, yeah, we weren't Uber that far does, off. Uber doesn't have money somehow, even though right, they take all like of mine. They're always operating at a loss. It's right. the most shocking thing. <laughs> yeah, they've been like operating at a loss since inception. But they're like a billion dollar company. And that's the shit I don't no. understand about like startup culture, venture capital culture. Like how can you be losing $100 million a year and be valued at over a billion dollars? No, how like, can you sense. be losing money every year when everybody I know spends half their paycheck on Uber? No, and it's like you don't actually have any employees, Uber. Like you don't even pay your drivers. Right. It's fucked up. No, it's financially irresponsible, honestly. Right. Like get get on upside. You know, like use one of our sponsors. Like get your shit together. So. <laughs> Do you want to also report the second story that I had sent yes, you? Yes, that in this announcement, it seems as though NFL has dropped a major hint that Taylor Swift is performing at halftime. In its announcement, the league made no mention of a potential halftime performer for Super Bowl LVII, but according to Swift fans, it didn't need to because the timing of the release said it all. The league curiously dropped the news at midnight, something that's been associated with Swift mm -hmm. for years. She put out albums twice since 2020 that were released at that time. Okay, every single Everyone does. album is released at midnight. Everyone does. And she sung the word midnight hundreds of times in her tracks. Okay, TMZ, the Swifties. This is making me sad. No, honestly, I don't know who I'm more embarrassed for, TMZ or the Swifties. Because the Swifties are capable of critical thinking, and this is just so... Oh, it's like, well, the commissioner was breathing while he was delivering this announcement, and Taylor Swift breathes. Therefore, heretofore, she... But, by the way, I think the possibility that she is the first Apple person is extremely likely. She's worked with Apple before. She's been the face of Apple. She's really one of the most famous people in the world who's never done it. So there's a million reasons why it probably is her, but them using the word midnight is not. I don't think they've decided yet. I think this announcement has nothing to do with who the first performer is. With. I'm sure they have a couple people in mind that they're yeah, talking to. But I don't think that the decision has been made at all. So Can I, can I say something kind of crazy? Sure. Like, I don't want Taylor to perform at the Super Bowl. Like, because when you perform at the Super Bowl, you're performing for all of America. You're not performing for the Swifties. So we're going to get, I knew you were trouble, 22, love story, blank space. Like, no thanks. Like, unless she's going to sit down and perform like all too well 10 minute version and peace from folklore. Like, I'm not interested, honestly. Like the songs that people love that like are hits, I'm so, I've been done with for years. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't need to hear Me? I knew you were trouble ever again. Right. I'm, I'm like, I just, I don't, is there a world in which she sits down and does like the vault tracks from Fearless? No, like, and that's what we want. Is she going to do better, man? No. I feel like we could, and she could put together a set that's a blend of her hits and the best songs. You know, like I don't mind Style and Blake Space. I think those are really still good songs no but matter man, how many times I've heard them. I didn't say Style, so... Okay, you're project, you're I don't projecting. mind blank space. I just, I, I can't hear, I knew you were trouble. I can't hear 22. 22. Um, Shake it off. Oh my God, I can't. 
I literally can't. And like, I love Taylor. I would literally lay my life out on the line for Taylor. But like, the songs that really popped off, and they were manufactured to do that. Like, she's a pop music genius. Like, she knows what's going to get. Like, I just can't. Blank Space is like the best of the worst. Yeah. And I hope she also gives the real fans something. Like, you know. But that's the thing. The Super Bowl halftime show is not for the real fans. No, but good music is good music. Yeah. She doesn't expect everyone in America to know every single song she's about to play. So let's play the good ones. Yeah. Like, I literally can't. Like, I, like obviously, I want her to do it. But, like, if she doesn't, I'll be totally fine. Yeah. Me too. I Like, I'd be- like to exist in Swifty spaces where, like, we don't have to sing Love Story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Love Story holds. I'm fine with it Love does, Story. It does. I'm, I love You Belong With Me. It's, like, top three of uh, favorite You Belong songs. With Me is... A timeless track. A timeless track. Margot's Vagine. Margot's Vagine. OG Toasters will understand that. Ugh. That song is like literally one of my favorite songs. It's up there with The Climb. Like it's favorite song. I completely agree. When we were in camp, you were a counselor and part of one of the things we did in camp is in the middle of the summer, every age division would write like a song and a cheer. So like the song was like a slow alma mater, usually to a Rascal Flat song, just about how we live 10 months for two. And then the cheer was like an upbeat, like Katy Perry vibe. And you had the youngest girls on camp and you had them sing an original song to the tune of You Belong With Me. Can I get a verse? I think I could get the chorus. Okay. It was so good. Like people were sobbing at camp. And when it's like like the little girl singing, like oh no, and they sounded like like a little angelic choir. Yeah, cherubic. Okay, and they're called the majorettes. That's the group. Yeah, like the youngest girls at camp. It was like majorettes, Debs, Teen A, Teen B. Okay. Okay, and the camp was called Pocono Trail CPT. You need to know these things. Yeah. We're the majorettes, the youngest girls on camp, but that won't stop us because we are the champs, you see, at At CPT, at CPT. It's actually like a low register for those young girlies. (laughs) Some of the more developed ones. (laughs) They were your baritones in the back. Also, um... I just think it's worth mentioning, like, Jackie was, like, kind of famous at camp. This should come as a surprise to nobody because, like, you're really good with words. Um, She was, like, known at camp for writing the best song and cheer. And so you would do a song and cheer in the middle of the summer with your age group. And then at the end of the summer, for Color War, each team had a song and a cheer. And, like, there are songs. Like, I bet if we were to go back to our camp now, there's not one single person who is at camp who was at camp when you and I did Gold Galaxy. I was mm-hmm. like voted general my last year as a camper as a super senior because like they really always gave it to like the most charismatic and annoying basically campers. So it was me and who was the other girl? Who was my Missy? Sorry, Missy, she lost. Um, good girl though, good kid. So we had to write a song and a cheer, and obviously I was the general, and then counselors were chosen as like advisors. It was like a prestige, it was like an honor to be chosen. Jackie was, of course, selected as my advisor. It was nepotism at its finest. Um, and Jackie. Well, I was a good fucking counselor. And as stated, I write the best songs, so I should be an advisor. Okay, Otherwise, I why would I work so I hard? Was an, I was the nepotism. Like, I was the benefactor oh, of the no, nepotism. No, no, you earned it. You were a good camper. I was the most, I was the most well annoying liked. camper. I was the most annoying camper. Like, that's what you get when you're the most annoying camper. So, Jackie wrote. Two of the most beautiful, and like everyone would choose obvious, like you know, like I think that our 
our competitors, they chose Year 3000 by Jonas, Jonas Brothers. Like, that's so obvious, you know? Well, it's hard Jackie, because you want to choose a song that everyone already knows. That way you have they to don't choose, have to... You have to teach 300 kids a song. Right, so they days. don't have to learn a new tune. But it, sometimes there's a great song that you should teach them. It will be better. So Jackie selected for our cheer, If I Had You by Adam Lambert, which I didn't even know. We all learned it so hard. And okay, so we were the Gold Galaxy and it was Gold Galaxy versus... Um, Blue Atlantis. Blue Atlantis. So like they were all about underwater. We were all about like outer space. So <clears throat> I'm going to sing. Actually, you want to sing Gold Galaxy? Uh, you do as much as you know me and I'll fill in if I, I know, can. I literally know the whole fucking thing. Ready? Oh, go, go, go. I don't know the whole so thing. So we heart. put our spacesuits on, ride through the galaxy, but all that we can see is a gold team victory. We can make it to the moon. We can land our ship on Mars. Gold is fueled by the power of the stars. From the Milky Way, where we are today, to Andromeda, which is far away. We've got shooting stars. We've got planet Mars. We're in good company. Gold Galaxy. We're the team Atlantis thinks they're gonna beat. Gold Galaxy. The constellations tell us that we will defeat. Gold Galaxy. We will crush our underwater enemies. Gold galaxy, good galaxy, good galaxy, good galaxy, gold galaxy. Like, tell me a bitch who could write Constellation and Andromedon into a fucking original song. Nobody. Boom. Chills. Mic drop. No, you want to talk about chills? Let's talk about the original song you wrote for our song. Jackie then selected the most obscure Lady Antebellum song called "We." I Was Here. I Was Here. Nobody had heard of it. Uh, it wasn't really like the lyrics were so beautiful, but the kids couldn't sing that high. So Jackie like fully had it rearranged. Like <laughs> she composed a new song and it sounds vaguely familiar to I Was Here by Lady Antebellum. But like when I tell you there wasn't a dry eye in the house. No. How does that song go again? Um, the gold galaxy. But I want to hit the chorus. We believe in like initials carved in an old oak tree. You wait and see. That's I don't Lady remember. A. That's Lady A. Oh. I only, I've listened oh, to Lady oh, okay, A so many the times. Course. Bound together through, through this, this fight. fight. Standing here, here we now it. unite. Like, Just like, like the, stars. the stars in the sky, we will shine from. Within cause it's our time to win. Tonight gold will light up the sky. And come winter time, we'll think of the memories that never died. When we look back on this night and recreate the hype of Pocono trails, we'll tilt up our heads and reflect the stars in the sky that symbolize galaxy doo -doo. and we had a live piano player rachel wenner doo rachel wenner on the keys doo -doo 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 -doo. it was so literally stunning and emotional and obviously we won that night like how literally how could you not <laughs> no like missy you're a queen but like me and seth and jackie like it was it wasn't they even never stood a chance no and like i know everyone feels that way about like their color war but when i tell you like people still talk about it i'm telling you they still talk about it no, mm -hmm. and the way that I feel is like, I don't know the person who wrote those words. Like, they're so gorgeous. They're so moving. Like, you also couldn't get a better uh, 
theme than Gold Galaxy. Galax it was almost unfair. But it's like, also maybe what you make it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I just want to say, like, I became, like, really, like, a camp, like, legend after that. And it was really on your coattails. Like, it was your songs. Happy to help. <laughs> Happy to help. Also, in the chair, we reference your name. So, like, everyone was singing about Claudia. Oh, yeah. Claudia, with Claudia and Seth, we're bound to be the best. It was so fucking good, you guys. Like, I don't know. Is it, like, annoying to hear about other people's camp experiences? Like, is that like hearing about someone else's dreams? I feel like if you didn't go to camp, it's interesting. Because it's like, mm. what? They're writing original songs. These are kids. You're right. teaching a tip. Eight-year-old majorettes. And they're all right. singing. That's so beautiful. I feel like if you did go to camp, you're like, no, my color war song and chair was the best. And they're, like, wanting to share with us theirs. But we don't want to hear it. No, we literally don't care we literally don't care like at all we also had color war in um school which was always really fun because like you didn't have to go to class yeah that was really fun so and I was selected as a general my freshman year I like have such annoying color war energy like you know when you meet someone you're like oh she would have been selected as a general at camp you know yes but that's why you were selected yeah it's like annoying it's supposed to be well liked but I was not really well liked in high school leadership skills yeah loud you know uh, outgoing someone yeah. who's gonna lead the troops to victory oh, that's us that's us yeah honestly Manti Teo would have been a color war general 100% I think old galaxy share perform at the Super Bowl 100% or Adam Lambert with the remaining <gasps> members of Queen actually that's a good idea I would love that and it he was incredible a, at the Jubilee it should be a tribute to the Queen because some of the us are still in mourning the toast like really has healing powers. Like when I sat down here, I swear to God, I, th- I was going to go to the hospital after this. Like I thought my appendix burst. I was in the worst pain. I couldn't even walk here. I had to take a car. Like I was not okay. And now I feel fine. It's the power of gold galaxy. Gold galaxy. No, it's so funny. Before we started, Claudia was like, I'm not feeling well. Like just so you know. And now we're singing old color war tunes. And that's the power of gold galaxy. It really is. We will crush our under. Okay, so back to Taylor Swift. Um, I would obviously support it, but like I'm, it's one of those things like if it doesn't happen, I'll like secretly be happy in my room, you know? Yeah, I would love to see, I'm still rooting for Pitbull. I think that he should be, he should have done it when it was in Miami. Mm-hmm. He's literally Mr. Mr. 305. 305. That was fucking rude. Uh, he has so many hits. He's such a performer. I, I love him. I always wanted to be Pitbull and maybe Pink as well. A fusion. It's the peas. By the way, Pink. By the way, Pink, she'll be suspended from the stadium doing acrobatics. Right. Like how Lady Gaga, like out. how Lady Gaga pretended to jump off the roof of the stadium. Like Pink will do it. Right. Strap her in. So Strap that's who in. I want. I don't think that's who we're going to get, but that's who I want. I don't feel like Pink is like a crazy choice. Like I think it's actually, she's very like, has mass appeal. She has so many, so many hit songs. Probably just as many, many as Taylor Swift mm-hmm. in terms of like, middle america recognizability yep uh i think she's a great a great choice and i still would like adam lambert and the remaining members of queen i think we should do like a little halftime jubilee in honor of the platinum jubilee love 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 and sigala and ella Iyer can finish us out with love for love love it's crazy how now that song reminds me of the queen and it's like has she ever heard it Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Take me back to the Platinum Jubilee. 100%. Those were the days. Okay, our next story. We have to move on. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Ellen DeGeneres' protege, Grayson Chance, is ripping the manipulative comedian. 
In a bombshell Rolling Stone interview published on Thursday, the Oklahoma native Grayson Chance, who's now 25, reflected on his life and career after a viral video of him performing Lady Gaga's paparazzi in front of his schoolmates landed him on Ellen's now defunct talk show in May 2010 when he was just 12 years old. He said Not the now defunct. <laughs> He said, quote, we just couldn't believe what was happening. We were so unsure of what we were getting into. And the person that helped cure all of that skepticism and chaotic energy was Ellen. When the two first met, the musician claimed Ellen said to him, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be here for you. We're going to do this together. Soon after, she co-created 1111, a record label that distributed was distributed by Interscope, Geffen, A&M Records. And she signed Grayson as her first act. She also hooked him up with high profile managers, a booking agent, a publicist, publicist and a brand agent. In October 2010, Grayson released a mini EP. As his touring schedule became more demanding, he claimed that Ellen became domineering and way too controlling. My whole week, my whole month, my whole year could change with one text message from her. That was horrible. He added that he quickly learned that Ellen's opinions were the only ones that mattered. A source close to Ellen denies Grayson's recollection of the relationship, however, and said the comedian went above and beyond for the young musician, noting that sometimes careers just don't take off. Ooh, okay. The thing is, I was like looking at this because I saw the guy made a TikTok about it. Who is he? Like, I don't know what video they're referencing. I don't remember the video, but I remember him. Grayson Chance, 12 years old, you know, voice of an angel, Ellen. I don't remember. And that's where the story ends for me. And and it makes you wonder why. I don't remember literally any of it. So I'm feeling like disconnected from the story. But I just think like if anyone is shocked by this, you shouldn't be like watch her interview Mason Ramsey and you'll know that she fucking hates kids. Yeah, but she makes them her whole personality. It's no, she so was weird. the kid girl like the corn kid would have had his own show on Ellen right now. Can you explain the corn kid to me? Yes, you will love him. Like I cannot believe you I've haven't seen some clips that are not the original and I'm like, Who's this corn-loving hero? It's like the original is like a random interview. I don't know if it's with, I don't think it's local news. I think it's like a guy with a, you know, a YouTube channel. He met this kid who was eating corn at like a fair and he was just saying like, I fucking love corn. Like what's not to love? It's a big, a big lump with knobs. It has the juice. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. That's literally what he said about corn. It's so pure and he's so cute. He just fucking loves corn, you know? So then the video went viral and somebody made like a song out of yeah, like his interview corn. lyrics. A big lump with knobs. It has the juice. It, it has, has the juice. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. It's corn. A big, <laughs> like it's so cute. And he just obviously everyone Ellen'd him. And he's adorable. And so every interview he does, there's like more moments. Like he's a star. I'm so happy for him. That's gorgeous. Yeah, and honestly, I'm glad Ellen isn't around to ruin it. Yeah, so regarding Grayson Chance, I would love to hear from Noah Ritter and Mason Ramsey and to hear what their experience was. I think when you get in that position, it's like such a tough spot to be in because your life does change. Like Ellen, like she does, you know, put you on the show and hook you up with publicists and he had an EP. And so you feel very indebted to her, which is why she acts like, by the way, what kind of fucking freak billionaire 60-year-old woman is, like, out here abusing random children and, like, manipulating them? Like, get a fucking life. Like, get a friend your own age. Yeah. Pick on someone your own size. But, like, the kid thing was, like, almost, like, a little weird. Like, why Especially are you so Especially if she's not, if they don't feel like they were actually supported and helped. 
Like if you right. want to do that and, and you want to usher kids who are having viral fame and show them the way and actually help them get to where they're going, I think that's, that's amazing. Sweet. That's really amazing. But if you're becoming the kid person, you're actually not helping them. They're finding you to be manipulative, controlling, and they're like scared of you and yeah. you control all of the aspects of their fame. Uh, yeah, that's twisted. It's fucking weird. Yeah. I just like, I tried to give Ellen like a, a, a fair chance and I, um, I regret that. Like she's literally the worst. Yeah. And like she needs to just stop like for all. I think she's been stopping. This is old yeah. things that happen, but yeah. it definitely opens up this can of worms about like, what about the kids? Like Ellen has gotten a lot of you know, backlash and media attention for her treatment of her guests and her yeah, staff. Who are but, adults. But no one like during that time was like, okay, so she was this rude to this these people, yet she was like mother hen to so many up and coming children. Like, are the kids okay? That's actually a really good point. Like we never heard about the details of the children. I think she didn't give like a give a shit. Honestly, like I don't think she gave them any of her time. Okay, well that's better than being like emotionally yeah. manipulative. Like if yeah, she was just like using them for her show. Like I, I, that's bad. But I hope that was the worst of it. You know, yeah, if just that was talking the to them on camera and then it, and then that's over and it's it. Right, but then they go get to be on Ellen and Noah Ritter became the face of like you know Ellen a dog too. food Purina. Like he killed it. Yeah, but where is he now? I don't know. I love, I would lay my life out on the line for him any, instantaneously. So would I. I know you would. Are you ready for our next he, story? By the way, hmm. he's literally Harry. <laughs> no, there, he could be. It's, it, right. I, it's, who knows who Harry will be, but it's very possible. Or like he what he be. will look like, but he could be like fair skin, red hair. And like using Noah really Ritter. big words <laughs> out of context. 100%, 100%. If I'm his Apparently. mom, you know he will be. Yeah, He'll be like, mom, this meal's nefarious. Yet, but it probably is a nefarious meal. Let's be real. Never. Me, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my kids' cooking skills have really taken off. I'm happy for you. Are you ready for our next story? Is it the next story that's brought to you by Land's End? It is. Don't just slap your logo on any old uniform. Create an extension of your brand that's ready for anything with custom apparel from Land's End Business. Get fully customized clothes, accessories, promotional products featuring your logo and colors elevated by decades of experience. And with the best-in-class customer care, let Land's End handle the inventory while you run your business. So it's quality, comfort, and style that you can count on from Land's End. Since 1993, the year before I was born because I'm so young, thousands of businesses have relied on Land's End Business to fill outfit their employees. They offer timeless styles that fit every body types with the widest range of sizes that you'll find in branded apparel. You could see your logo in vivid colors on t-shirts, outerwear, hats, mugs, water bottles, and more. They have hundreds of products perfect for any trade show, any event, or any holiday gift. See why thousands of companies count on Land's End Business. Go to business.landsend.com slash toast. Use the promo code toast for 25% off. That's business.landsend.com slash toast. Promo code toast for 25% off. Thank you so much. Our next story is extremely crazy. Diary of a Wimpy Kid and Riverdale actor, Ryan Grantham, has been sentenced to life for killing his mother. Yeah, I saw this. Actor Ryan Grantham was sentenced to life in prison for sh the shooting death of his mother. Grantham, who is known for his role in Diary of a Wimpy Kid and appearance in Riverdale, pled guilty to second-degree murder in March 2020 for killing his mother, Barbara Waite. The 24-year-old was handed a life sentence in British Columbia Supreme Court in Vancouver on Wednesday. He will not be eligible for parole for 14 years. 
Okay, not to be like so insensitive, but like Lord Grantham. Lord Grantham would never. Lord Grantham would never. Oh, Robert. Oh, Robert. My friend Abe does the best Cora Grantham impersonation. Oh, Robert. Robert. <laughs> it's good. It's, I'm sorry. Back to this. Okay, this is so fucking wild. Like, who the fuck kills their mom? Right. Like, and the fact that he was on Riverdale. Psychotic. I didn't watch I Re- a Wimpy Kid. I don't know if he had a large or small role. No, me neither. But this picture of him from Riverdale that's circulating, like, he's so familiar look like, looking. Oh, yeah. He played a small role of Rodney James, one of the students in the class. Um, I think that I'm sorry that was in a different movie he played the character in Riverdale who was responsible for the death of Fred Andrews he hits Fred with his father's truck when Fred was helping a stranded woman that was because Luke Perry had passed away and so they um, killed off his character oh got it got it um this is fucking crazy like what and i just don't understand how it's like life in prison parole in 14 years like what yeah that's confusing that shit never makes sense to me and that that is in canada so it's not like american law but i feel like that shit happens too like life in prison and then they're out in 15 years like a life sentence i think is only 25 years so like don't call it life bro damn don't call it life don't call it no seriously don't call it life bro don't call it life. Uh, anyways, that was really just shocking news for everyone. No, people people are not okay. No. Like, don't go killing your mom, okay? Don't do it. Don't. You're not going to be happy with the results. I guarantee it. I guarantee. Are you ready for our next story? Mm-hmm. Jeff Garland has revealed his bipolar disorder diagnosis. The 60-year-old actor shared his diagnosis for the first time in a candid yet brief Instagram post on Tuesday. He wrote, bipolar is a motherfucker. Sometimes it's just too much to deal with. I'm doing the best I can. This is the first time that I've opened up about this. Hashtag bipolar. The post came only uh, one day before this. Not the hashtag. <laughs> it's Jeff Garland on Instagram. Like, what do you expect? No, I know. He's literally 65 years old. I get it. Um, it came one day before the premiere of season 10 of the Goldbergs in which it was revealed that his character, spoiler alert, had been killed off. Last year, the right. star... Oh, wait, what? They kill him? Yeah, because remember last year, he shared that although he had... Yeah, no, I know. There were allegations of inappropriate language on set. He was the subject of some HR investigations and they got rid of him. No, that I remember. Um, I didn't know that their way of getting rid of him was just killing him off. Um, I guess that makes sense. And I hate to like, you know, say it sounds like Jeff Garland is using like mental health um, as an excuse and like a PR image thing. But it does feel like Jeff Garland is using mental health as an excuse for like a PR thing. But you don't think that he's not bipolar? I don't know. I just think like it's very manipulative and like calculating to be famous for 60 years and get in some trouble tell bi- and then tell everyone you're bipolar like right after you get in trouble before your final season premieres you know what I mean yeah I don't know if that's like fucked up to say no, like I hear like, you it kind of diagnosis. reminds me of like Kevin Spacey when he was getting called out for all that oh, stuff and yeah. he was like I'm gay I'm gay <laughs> uh so we don't care first of all and second of all leave the gays alone yeah Literally leave the gays alone. That's so fucking true. No, but the thing about Jeff Garland, like a, a, his bipolar diagnosis aside, I feel like when we reported on these stories initially, it was like, that's Jeff Garland. Like, I, the, yeah, the, no, I didn't the think it needed a The incidents that they were saving. describing were not 
concrete enough. It was kind of vague. It was like inappropriate language. I think he, I, the way I interpret it is like he's mean and harsh on set, but like he's a 60 year old right. man. Like someone- he doesn't play by the rule, these new rules. Right, like, did he call someone a bitch or did he use a slur? Like, what is it? Yeah, no. It was very vague. It's very vague. And so I feel like, uh, I feel feel like his career might, aside from losing the Goldbergs, like, he's still on curb and I think he's so well-respected. I don't think his career would have changed that much from these vague allegations. So I do feel like it's this bipolar thing is separate. Yeah, I mean, he also was the dad in Sleepover, so he... Really never had to work again. No, because when you do a role like that, you can just like live off of the pride. Right. And when your daughter is Julie, Julie Corky, I think that there's really only one way to go and it's down. And that's what happened to but Jeff But then Garland. you wind up on Curb and you're back up. Yeah. No, actually, I feel like Jeff Garland's career could be like a case study for just like the highs and lows of Hollywood. It's a lot of highs. I think he would consider Sleepover to be like a particularly low point in his we'll career. We'll have to get him on the show and talk to him about it. I would love to know, like, in his IMDb discography, like, how he sees Sleepover. When he was making it, it was probably, like, some, you know, low-budget thing to do in between projects. And he didn't know it would become, like, a staple of a generation. I just think, actually, Sleepover is one of those movies. There are other movies where if you do or show or movie, it's, like, cursed. And then there are movies where it's, like, everyone, him, Jane Lynch, Evan Peters, Peters, stars, Steve Carell. Like, it was kind of star-studded, and it's, like, that's where stars went. And they put in their time. What was that girl's name from Aquamarine? Sarah Paxton. Like, I know she didn't Ugh. go as far as she should have. I don't care. I would lay my life out on the line for but her she's as well. a queen. And then we have Julie Corky, who's a Hallmark star. The way I would have given anything as a child to have had those starfish earrings that she had in Aquamarine that used to whisper compliments in her ear. Need. Need. Also, the only one who I guess didn't get the sprinkle was Yancey, but I feel like Yancey opted out of the spotlight. I think she took a step back after seeing like how truly toxic Hollywood was and she's much better off for it. Like she preserved her peace. Isn't Brie Larson in the movie too? Yes. I'm telling you. She's the bitchy friend with the convertible. I'm telling you like there was. Oh, but also that guy never went anywhere either. Julie, Julie Corky, like the one who was in love with her on our grade school bus. Yeah. The love interest. Okay. That's, that's on him though. Cause he was handsome. He had a leading role and like, you didn't make anything. He had a cute little freckle above his lip. Like why? That's on him. Everyone else. This movie is where stars were born. And if I'm them, like I'm, looking back fondly on the time I spent with these mega stars, like Steve Carell, Brie Larson, Jeff Garland, Jane Lynch, and Evan Peters are mega stars. Mega. Yeah. They're like really well-respected actors. We need a reunion. (laughs) We do. Like Julie Corky's kids are having a sleepover. The grandparents have to come and watch them. And Julie and her friends go out, but then they accidentally run into the kids who have gone out also. The movie writes itself. And there has to be a pergola somewhere. (laughs) And a little hybrid car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the, the, like in this modern version, like it would be a Tesla. It would be. And I don't want it if Yancey and Speaker Boy are not in it. And they got married. Right. They have kids. Oh, yeah, and their kids are eating brownies, not celery. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Would you rather have brownie or a celery? I like how that was a pickup line for Yancey. The movie was low-key, like, fucking fat-phobic. Like, there's one fat character, and, like, a guy likes her because they're talking about brownies. Like, fat people can talk about other things. Sure, but in that moment, they were talking about brownies. I'm not going to have you slander this movie. <laughs> I'm not slandering it, but, like, 
It was fucking fat phobic. Just as for Yancy. I don't think it was. No, it's like Yancy wasn't capable of connecting with another human being over anything that wasn't food. And it was like, nobody. Nobody. The guy to Yancy. Do you want a brownie? I think that... I don't think it was fat phobic. I think everyone could connect over brownies. Yeah, but you didn't see Julie Corky and Sarah Paxton connecting over brownies. No, they were with boys. It's a coincidence. (laughs) Okay, not you covering up the fat phobia of Hollywood. No, 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 not Hollywood. Sleepover. I will cover up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could look past it. Yeah. So in order, like, for things in your life to preserve well and and age well in your mind, you have to look past some of their intricacies, you know? It's fine. Like, it's not that deep. Yeah. And that's what's beautiful about Sleepover. It's not that deep. It was one night. It was one night of crazy wild fun. One night we'll never forget. One night. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Yes. Olivia Wilde fangirls. 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 She fangirls. She fangirls over Harry Styles at his final show at MSG. So Olivia Wilde is still Harry's number one fan. I think a lot of people were dubious about whether or not they were still together. Yeah, definitely hoping. A lot of people were hoping and praying. Thinking that maybe the drama had changed things or their relationship had just run its course, but it hasn't. She was at MSG cheering him on for his last show at Madison Square Garden where he was presented with a banner for performing 15 consecutive nights at the iconic venue. I'm happy that like this run is over because I do think Harry's really tired, but he does still have the policeman. He has like a whole other tour. Like he is, I think he's going to Australia. Like he's not okay. Yeah, he needs a rest. And even in the footage I saw from the show on Wednesday night, which I was about to go to, but didn't, he looked so tired. Yeah. No, he's fucking tired. And, like, skinny. And like he's lost weight. Like he doesn't look like good and strong. He needs a rest. And I feel like every time a major uh, star is going on tour, it's always cut short for either mental health concerns exhaustion physical health concerns and it's like why are you guys acting surprised why did we get to this place why did we let it get this bad it reminds me of elvis you're right you said that yeah margo said it and she put it in my brain i'm like oh my god harry's literally elvis literally and it's like when probably getting cortisone shots and steroid shots in his ass when will people learn never hollywood is literally i'm not like i don't want to just accuse anyone of anything but i i don't think that a a human being can do 15 shows like that, press tour, all this, without any help. And a little, yeah. whatever it is, a B12 shot, whatever they're giving Elvis. Alcohol, a, maybe. Whatever. There are things that help people have energy. And that's mm-hmm. problematic. Yeah. And that's not a recipe for long-term longevity. And he's a megastar and he deserves to have his rest. Cocaine, side boob, choker with a sea view. Totally. And some of the stuff is like medical, just like in. Harry definitely does blow. Like he has so many songs about cocaine. Oh, maybe he does it like for fun recreationally, but I don't think he relies on. Uh, I, I mean. No, way, no, no, I no. But he's definitely a party don't boy. Know him. I don't know anything about him, but I don't. No, me neither. do 15 shows at Madison Square Garden. Like I don't think. This is hard. I don't think it's cocaine that's propelling him. But there's even stuff that like no, doctors but- would give him just like an Elvis. <clears> and like they say it's medicine and it's. Not. It's not. No, I was just like looking for a, a, a cocaine reference and then I realized there's so many. Like, um, you know that one? He literally does this in a song. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Party boy. Got to party with Harry. Mm-hmm. I think I can make myself available. 
I actually just bought some merch from his website, so I'm supporting the tour. For Harry's house? There's one sweatshirt that says Harry's house, so I had to get it. Oh my, that's adorable. He needs to start making. I bet like there's an Etsy store that there's sells a ton. like People Harry's always house. send me. Baby clothes. People always send me Instagram ads of like uh, fake Harry's house merch. I wanted like the real thing so that it means something. Mm-hmm. I feel like anytime yeah. I bought fake merch, like I don't know what's in the water, but it shrinks. It has no color. Like it never lasts. No, here's but the thing. But when I get the real deal, it's nice. I will never buy fake merch after my Kanye West Confederate flag saga. Yep. Do you remember that? That was literally traumatizing. I literally got targeted for like this. Remember those Yeezus tour mm-hmm. jackets that had like, they were like green bomber jackets. They were so sick. And like, I couldn't get one. So I got targeted for like this turnt company. It showed up. It had a Confederate flag patch on the arm. So like I just, I literally never wore it. And I left it in my closet. And when I was moving, I was showing everyone my new <laughs> closet. And there was like a big fucking Confederate flag. <laughs> and people were like, rightfully like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't know why it literally never occurred to me to like, rip off the patch or throw it just throw i never wore the jacket like just throw it out you cheap wench um i got dragged to filth on the internet you know what that one i did deserve like what the fuck and it was right on the heels of like of me being canceled so people are like well maybe she is like this confederate Confederate like queen and i was so mad at myself i'm like you dumb fucking wench like what are you doing literally when it started to blow up i remember taking the jacket picking it up and walking it straight to my garbage chute and throwing it down the chute i never even wore it like all that for what for fake fucking merch that's the lesson don't buy fake, fake merch. merch my husband loves buying fake merch he bought a yeezus <laughs> tour sweatshirt for himself before we ever met and now that sweatshirt doesn't even fit me it is so tiny and i don't think he bought it that tiny from the washing from washing yeah he also remember when kanye came out with those shirts of Kim and um, Golden Barbie playing tennis. So mm-hmm. he got sick. himself a fake version of that. After, oh, why doesn't he get the real one? No, like because he thinks they're hard he to find. He's like gaming the system. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, you're being yeah, played. Yeah. You're literally flushing money down the toilet because after two washes, that picture was indecipherable. But like, yeah, I bought I mean, that- real Jesus's King merch, and that's a fucking quality sweatshirt. Yeah, I will say, like, one of the I I. I need to start keeping a list of my greatest regrets. Um, can you write this down for okay. me? Wait one second. Let me start a new list of Claudia's regrets. And I want you to try and guess. Okay, give me a clue of like what you're about to say. No, no. I want you to guess any of my biggest regrets. Oh, not getting in the car. The yeah, police not car. getting in the cop car. Um... I feel like there was one more, um, but the one that I was just reminded of was not seeing the Life of Pablo concert, the Kanye tour. I had literally told Ben, I'm like, I want to get us tickets. He was like, oh, like, I think it was around our anniversary. He was like, let me get them. I'm like, okay, great. Next thing I know, it's like a Thursday night. I'm laying in bed and you're at the fucking concert. Everyone I know is at MSG. I'm like, what the fuck? This is what happens when I let Ben like take care of things. Never again. This is what happens when I let my husband take care of things. We've never gone on a honeymoon. Oh, right. Except so like, he did I, get us those concert tickets because he loves Kanye. And at the time, I mean, that album, at the time, I actually like didn't care for Kanye whatsoever. Right. Now I actually really like him. But I was just being a supportive girlfriend. So like in my support, now I can say I saw that tour. And that's what you get and it's, when you're supportive. It's one of the greatest albums, I think, of all time. Like, it's so good. So I would also buy counterfeit oh, merch Oh, and also that another regret of yours is not going to see Red Taylor Swift. Red. 
Yeah, but I don't really feel like that's fair because in order to regret something, you have to have had the option to do it. And like, I was not a financially independent. I was literally 14. Yeah. So that should be one of um, our mom's biggest. No, but you, when you're a kid, me. like you only get a handful of concerts that your parents are going to get to right. get to go do. So like, you have to push for them and like really ask and, and show how important it is to you. And it wasn't that important to you. It wasn't that important to your younger self. Like I because guess, you know she, yeah. we we saw best of both worlds tour because that was just boom. leave me alone okay <laughs> because that, <laughs> just shut up because that was like a a person the whole family was obsessed with it was like an easy sell yeah. same with Glee yeah well yeah she took us to see Glee like those like that was like family things like you know what yeah. I mean we were all obsessed. Okay, we were all obsessed with Taylor, but I guess not collectively. Like, we all, it was kind of an independent obsession. Right. We just used to cry in our rooms. Yeah, but we all shared rooms, so we were all, like, crying. Right. Crying in our beds. <laughs> um, okay, are we ready? Was that the that fifth and final? That was the fifth and final. So let's dive into the TV recap. We're going to talk about Kardashian's new episode. And on a little Southern Charm recap. I'm all caught <clears> up. Which is brought to you by Honey. Today's episode sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when you're shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for a coupon code is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite websites. When you're checking out, the Honey button will just appear. All you do is click apply coupons, wait a few seconds, and Honey will search for coupons for that website. Once it finds a working coupon, if it does, you'll watch the price drop. I've used it many times, clothing, food, electronics, makeup, literally, I very, very rarely, I'm shopping on a website that Honey does not work with. Um, more often than not, they can find a fabulous promo code for me, and I used to have to search, like, Revolve promo code, like, it was so much, it was like an extra job, like, it was just not, like, worth it, but Honey does all the work for you. When you use our link, the browser extension is totally free to download, and now you can do it on your phone, too, if you're shopping online on Safari doesn't just work on desktop. Activate it on Safari on your phone. You can save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you're straight up missing out. By getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and you're supporting the show. We would never recommend something we don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash toast. That's joinhoney.com slash toast. Okay, Kardashians, they gave us like a front to back timeline of Chloe's pregnancy. They're not making us wait till the end of the season. So now I feel like episode two, we're actually going to go yes, back. Like because surrogate yeah, will we be ended pregnant. this one July 28th, like... Right. A month ago. Literally. So that was nice of them. I appreciated that they dedicated the whole episode to Chloe's journey. Um, I got really choked up um, like multiple times, mostly when Kim was talking like Kim. Like I felt sad for Chloe, obviously, but something about Kim, like everything Kim said was so on point, like her, her speech at the really cute. I guess that was their version of a low budget shower. Um was really like she was like you're not even gonna remember like all this you're just gonna remember life with your baby and like nothing before this even ever mattered and I feel like that really kind of like spoke to Chloe and she was like this baby's gonna show you what true love is supposed to be um and I just got I, I'm literally gonna cry right now like I got so choked up um because Kim is not really emotional but I think like in a lot of ways Kim was also speaking like on her own experience I think Chloe's obviously like pissed at Tristan for betraying her, but I think she's also just like freaked out to be doing this alone. Yeah. Um, and I think like the way, you know, 
Kim probably felt that way too. Not that Kim's going to be a single parent, but like when you get separated, like you have alone time, you're like you're doing a lot of the stuff on your own. So I feel like Kim was just kind of speaking to her own self too. And I was like really getting emo. I was so emo. It was one of the best episodes of any reality TV that I've ever seen. Like the way that it was so emotional. And like, I think everybody who watched it, like, was crying I Kim's yeah. speech also like made me so mm. teary and even at the end when like she's holding uh baby T I was and she was like it's first kiss I was literally cracking cracking oh my up. god it was so beautiful and emotional and what I didn't understand for a while is like Chloe and Tristan haven't been together for a while and so I didn't understand why Chloe couldn't just be like Okay, Tristan's irrelevant, but I have what I want, which is like my two kids. True has a brother, and like that's what's most important to me. And I didn't. Why can't you focus? And I on didn't that? real. I didn't. Yeah, no, I couldn't understand why she would be so like even bothered about what Tristan does at this point because he's like so disappointing all the time. But what I didn't realize was how attached she was to the idea of having a traditional family unit, even if her and Tristan aren't in a romantic relationship. Like in the last few years, Tristan has been like living with them and she could tolerate him. And like true, we're seeing like both of her parents all the time. And like now with this betrayal, like she can't even do that. And so it's- No, it was important to her to like try. Yeah, and so really like they're- what she was saying about like her kids, you know, she doesn't want them to have daddy issues. And like, she really wanted them to have that family unit. And it's the idea of that going away, not the romance, uh, you know, aspect. Cause that's no. really hasn't been in play for a while, but the idea that like, she really is a single mom and that that's what her mm -hmm. kids will see. I think that was kind of hard for her to wrap her head around. But I think what she'll realize is that she's going to be amazing. She, no, and kids who are raised by single moms are a different breed of human being. I'm sorry. They are better. They are better. I'm sorry. They, we, we are yeah. better. We are. Like, single moms are the heroes of the world, and I think you, like, learn so much from your mom. Um, when your mom's a single mom, you're just, like, in awe of, like, her strength and her, per like, I'm sorry. It's actually going to end up being a good thing. Not that Tristan's dead, but, like, he's fucking irrelevant. Yeah. Now, I also think I feel think like that's also why that maybe think my perspective this whole time was, like, okay, so you can do it. Like you're Chloe, right, you're amazing. Because, we, we, because like we were, we are the benefactors of a single mom. So it's like, yeah, fucking rock. Yeah, like, no, that it's, it's, it's not, not that bad. That, like a, a big deal. And, and that, you know, yeah. it doesn't, but anyways, I think she not only had like her dad that she looked up to, she also had uh, Caitlin as a father Caitlin. figure for so many years. Like she had two. Yeah. And now her kids like no, have true. this one. Ugh. Yeah. Well, so I also think there were two other things. I think part of the reason she like couldn't get out of the rut was because she herself wasn't pregnant. So like it, it definitely feels like a more of a disconnect. Like if you're pregnant and you're going through something hard, you focus on like the belly and the kicks and like you feel the baby with you every step of the way. Not having that has to have made it a little bit more difficult to focus on the fact that like a baby's coming. That, but I think actually what was the hardest part is that she no one could know she didn't want anyone to know yet because then if it got out she had to deal with everybody's opinions so it's like even if she wanted to be excited she can't talk about it in her own house she can't have a shower she can't get a room that, ready because she can't have anyone know by the way because she doesn't want the the noise of it yeah, it was top secret because of what Tristan did but and I think that the way was the she hardest said part. that she can't have furniture delivered to her house yeah or even the fact that like once she told true then like true might let it slip to someone and so her and true can't even just sit around and like talk about how excited they are I think that that really was the biggest hindrance because she was so worried about people finding out and I and now I 
and thinking she was like dumb. Yeah, whenever it came out, whenever it was going to be, she was going to have to deal with it. And so I think that secrecy was all, it's so like making her sick because she knew that was waiting for her at the end. And I hope that when everything did come out, that she was okay. I don't know if yes, things- I think she was healed. I don't know if things leaked because- uh, like how did it come out when it did why did it I don't know the baby wasn't here yet did they decide mm. no we like but she got enough time yeah, she had she had a lot of time but I just oh my gosh it was so emotional no and you know one thing I didn't really think of that like really made me fucking hate Tristan like really kind of it it brought his betrayal to another level when like they were showing footage of like he was the one really pushing to like get the embryo transfer done and because like as sooner or later he was not going to be able to avoid Chloe finding out about Theo um and so like her thinking that like he's excited to have a baby and he's just pushing it so that she'll get pregnant before Theo Born. is like out in the world it's it's literally so disgusting now another factor that I didn't just like I didn't expect like a scene that like started my my tears Kim really brought them to fruition but I got like teary was Cece yeah it was just such a fresh, totally um, honest reaction to good news. You know, obviously she knows about Tristan and everything, but like just someone who was really isn't like that involved finding out and just being happy for Chloe. I was like, yeah, like that's what it's supposed to be like. Like I thought Cece's reaction was fabulous. And I think it helped Chloe turn a corner. And at in the beginning of the episode, I was like, Chloe doesn't want a baby shower. Like, don't do it. Like, but I think that it, yeah, and I was like, why is Chris? Pushing it was exactly this? what she needed, like to experience some of the joys because it's all—it's so yeah. joyful. Obviously, the the storm cloud completely eclipsed that, but overall, it's like the most beautiful thing. And <clears throat> mm-hmm. Chloe was having a hard time seeing it through the storm. Where was Courtney? She was, and Kendall. I don't know, but Kylie was picking up the slack. I love as I it's love time. my postpartum queen so fucking much. It's time. I need more Kylie. It's time. She's just the best. Yeah, no, this this episode being Chloe, Kim, Chris, Kylie, like I'm it's good with the four. It's enough for me, Dianu. A little sprinkle Dianu. of Cece. Didn't even notice Scott wasn't in it. I'm yeah. It was one of honestly the episode deserves an Emmy. Like it was. It was beautiful, real, and. I'm happy for... And the fact that, like, Kim was the one in the room with her, like, made me so emo. Yeah. And I'm happy for Chloe. I think the reception to this episode is going to be really good. Like, hopefully she can, if she, you know, continue to turn a new leaf and realize that, like, we love you, Chloe. We love you so much. And, like, the people who, like, make those memes and say the old, I'm boring shit, like, don't, don't know what real life is like. And... Yeah. You are so loved by not just your family, but really by everyone. I was really shocked to hear that like, you know, people and like their chatter on the internet, like factors in, you know, is, is something that she thinks about. And honestly, um, it made me feel really good because that's like, oh, we are all human. Yeah. Even like the most famous rich, like it gets to everyone at some point. You go through highs and you go through lows. Yeah. I just, I, I was such a good episode because at the end of the day, the takeaway was, no matter what happens in life, like family is everything and family is here for you. And like, I was literally getting so choked And at up. the end like, of the day, Tristan did, even though he's literally the worst, he did her a favor by having her, them yep. get pregnant before Chloe could not do, because she wouldn't, she wouldn't have, done, have it. done it. And I think this baby is such a blessing and True mm-hmm. has a brother, Snowy. People think that that was a clue for Kylie's baby's name because she was like, it's Snowy because Stormy's little brother's name would be Snowy. 
Totally. But I don't think, I think they probably call baby boy Webster Snowy as like a nickname because of like Stormy and Snowy, especially when he didn't have a name. That's my theory. Oh, I didn't even think of Stormy and Snowy. Okay, wait, the child's name is definitely Snowy or Snow. I love the name Snow. I know you do. So, Kylie, you have my seal of approval. I, by the way, I love that. Love. Love, love. That's totally it. <laughs> um, okay, now tell me about Southern Charm. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. over it. Like, Southern honestly. Charm is so fucking good. Last night's episode was not because everyone was too drunk oh. to function. And the fights were oh. like fake and manufactured. A few interesting things happened. But actually, Leva, they went to St. Simon on a trip. And Leva actually didn't go because she was like, I'm so tired of at dinner... The boys will all be fighting because this is a show about boys fighting. And then the next day they're all golfing and they're fine. And like, we're all left to like pick up the pieces. It's like our dinner was just ruined. We all think we're in disarray, but the boys are fine. And like, we're just here having had a terrible night. That's actually such a good point. So she didn't go. And that's literally what happened. The first night, everyone's drunk. Austin and Shep are screaming at each other so crazy because Austin is, I mean, Shep is like so controlling with Taylor, like really just not a great boyfriend. And... Then the next day, Shep and Whitney and Naomi are golfing. And then everyone else goes shrimping. What was so interesting, though, is like, so Vanita came onto the show. And she's really like a girl's girl. She's friends with the girls. She has longstanding friendships with um, Madison, Naomi, and Leva. And I think the way that Vanita saw the boys is like, oh, these like immature boys who are always causing drama, whatever. And she never really saw like the reason why so many people love them and like how they're really so charming. Anyway, so that day Mm -hmm. they all, uh, Shep, Naomi, and Whitney went and played golf and uh, Vanita, Olivia, Taylor, Craig, and Austin went shrimping. And I think it was the first time Vanita saw that like Austin and Craig are Austin and Craig and they're so affable and there's a reason why like mm-hmm. you know everyone's like falling over themselves Loves and them. they're really I think so charming as people even like they when are. they come into th- they put the charm in Southern they really charm. do and even when they come to the studio we're just like oh my god Austin and Craig we're like shook like they're so tall and so cute and like honestly like they've got they've pizzazz. got pizzazz and I think she even said in her interview she was like I never saw this side of Craig before because she's only been friends with Naomi who knows. So she knows him as right. Naomi's ex. That part. Anyways, that night at dinner, they're at the table. Naomi and Craig are arguing. And Vanita says something like, Naomi, just like listen to how he feels. And they're, Naomi and Vanita are friends of 10 years. And now all of a sudden, right. Vanita's taking Craig's side because she was... Vanita is swept away by Craig's charm. She's been swept away. And she wasn't like taking his side, but like she was just being like, listen to how he feels, which is a a moderate, like something that a moderator says. And Naomi was like, Vanita, shut up. And then Vanita's like, I'm actually, like, don't talk to me like that. Like, don't disrespect me. And now, no, sorry. I'm with Naomi on that. Like, seriously, like you're my friend. Of course. And like, I'm fighting with my ex and you're going to literally be like, not like other girls. Pick me energy. After one day of shrimping. Yeah, relax. Right. So it was, honestly, I don't know how they're going to, it doesn't look like next week they come back from it either. I don't know what's going to happen. It was just like this one moment and it's just the charm of Craig and Austin. No, and I think like people, when they go online and discuss Southern Tribe, they're like, I can't believe like everyone's like simping over Austin. Like they love to like rag on the boys. Um, And I get it, but like if you meet them, first of all, they're all so handsome. Like I was really shook. Like Austin is like, extremely good looking um and he's so tall and so funny and very out there and like there's a reason why people are drawn to them. I think even Shep too like those Shep, yeah like, 
they're they just have this way about them so it's funny to see it like happen on the show and it caused like drama within the girls whereas the girls are always the non-dramatic party next week is the season finale craig is having a party at sewing down south Paige will be there even though she like does not like filming the show which is sad for the rest of us she went to the reunion though did you see oh. they the, last night I think it was the reunion she wore this orange oh I saw that they were fire. filming something and I saw that her and Craig were I think that was it they were holding let me double check I, they were holding no like I, a, I looked really close at the slate thing and it, I think it was something for BravoCon because it said something about like a vacation zoom in I don't think it was a reunion um it says Shooter McGee, Ticket to Paradise. I think it's a Bravo yeah, you're right. It's like a commercial. Thing. No, it looks like one of those sponsored commercials for a movie called Ticket to right. Paradise. I'm obsessed. obsessed. This season has been a lot of Craig and Naomi beefing. It's just so weird because Craig and like, Ma- no, 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 no. Just Craig and Naomi should never really see each other again. They were. It's not like they were really good friends before. Maybe they were friends before they started dating, but we never knew them as friends. Their relationship, like they were living together. They were so serious. Like it was serious. so emotional. It took years like Craig, years for Craig to get over it. Like he shouldn't be having dinner with Naomi and everything that she no, says triggers him because he thinks it's like an attack. It, sucks. it just brings him back. Like she said to the whole table, like you guys no. need to be like kinder to the wait staff. And like when they come over, you need to like stop what you're doing and pay attention. Like it's rude. Wow. Good for and her. Craig was like you worked in food and bed for how many years? Because he felt like she was saying Not to him, like because he... Yes. No, but you're right. A person like Naomi to Craig or a a person like Craig to Naomi, those are the type of people, once you break up after like being in love, like your first love, you never see them again. There's no friendship after that. So I don't think anyone is still hung up on the other person. I think they're just so fucking triggered by each other. And Mm -hmm. it makes it seem like neither of them are over the other, but I really think that they are. I also have to say I fully ship Naomi and Whitney. I thought that they're like one night, uh, that they just like kissed one night in the season but like they're like being a little coupley here and there and I think they're so cute together and I hope they get married oh I hope God. they get married and I'm I crying. hope that Patricia is Naomi's mother-in-law and she's gonna appreciate it they like move into the house one day I think that because Naomi's so sophisticated and Whitney is like very you know yeah, she's like a she's French, a French girl, girl, right? So like they go to restaurants, they order in French. He's such a snob, uh, but she's up to yeah. the task. And I think that they're actually really yeah. cute couple. No, I actually yeah. see that. Um, okay, well, I'm so glad I'm not watching, but I literally feel like I am. Yeah, no, you know? it's so good. I love the crew. Also, uh, Olivia and Austin are like being coupley and cute now. I think they're still together. I hope that they are. Oh, okay. I don't lo- love that. For Why? Her. Because, like, I love Austin, but, like... My only concern about Austin is every season of every show that he's on, he always is wifed up. Has he's a like, girl. And you think, yeah. like, remember Chelsea? He was, like, so head over here. Right. Like, like, is nobody special? Right. And then it was Madison, and now it's Olivia. And he's, like, all in, but it's, like... Wh- Sierra. Why, Sierra. Why... Like, he goes to Winter House for two weeks. He has a girlfriend, Sierra. Why don't these relationships work for him? Yeah. No, it's definitely a red flag. But... Maybe this is the one. For now, it's fine. And maybe now with like yeah, Craig, okay. Craig keeps talking about how he's going to marry Paige. And if he doesn't marry her, like that, he will be heartbroken. Like that, that's how their oh, story my will God, end. Um, 100%. So maybe that, maybe so for some guys, it's just about timing. I like really need to work on becoming better friends with Paige. Like I need to be at that wedding. I like, I'll cry. I need to officiate it. I need to sing them down the aisle. Like I want to be involved in their love story. Get involved involved actually i did speak to taylor strecker last night um i'm gonna try and set up a dinner love it yeah because like 
you don't understand like the obsession <laughs> like it's actually fucking it's actually weird you know what it's everybody has them you know totally who's yours oh i have i have so many but like it's crazy how sometimes they like cycle in and out of my life but some of my long-standing mm-hmm. ones like olivia colpo lemon adore mm-hmm. also we never talked about that her and her sisters are getting a reality show on discovery plus called the colpos it's like done and premiering soon cool no i'm really excited like i no, i love her would lay my life out on the line for her um i just feel like they should have done it not not that it's on them but like the industry should have done it three years ago i think that's when they started doing it plus covid but i think her and her sisters have a really great dynamic sisterly love i mean they're so stunning so stunning it ain't right how stunning they are no i mean i'll definitely watch like i think that like we i would actually find it like um really interesting and I think I would find that like we have a lot in common yeah so a discovery plus I think I already subscribe because that's where you get um, I don't they have some good subsidiaries I think like lifetime is part of discovery yeah so it was like food network HGTV Mm. Magnolia Network I've watched all the episodes of Magnolia Network yeah I got Magnolia Bruno's Um, lady love so that is our show. I just want to remind everyone that Monday and Tuesday of next week is Rosh Hashanah. So Jackie and I will not be doing episodes, but we'll be back on Wednesday. So try and make it without us at the beginning of next week. Just know that we are, you know, being God's girlies. And that's very and time we're ushering in the new year, the Jewish new year. So to everyone who celebrates, happy Rosh Hashanah. Shana Tova Umetuka. Um, Shana Tova Umetuka. Hope you enjoy the holiday with your family or your friends and your food. Um, to our non-Jewish, non-celebrating toasters, enjoy a day at work. You should really convert. We get so many days off. Love ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennium Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast and where podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, I read a box, all of the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us the Morning Toast, the Five Star Review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Bye. Bye.